<laughs> I'm feeling frisky today. It's going to be a, a big episode. Frisky? Yeah, we've got a couple of little exciting things planned for today. Oh, Pop quiz. Oh, okay. Uh-oh. What is the question that I have been asked the most over the last 20 years that I've been in the industry? Hey, bro, what supplements do you use? Oh, <laughs> how did you guess? I was going to ask, what do you bench? Well, yeah, that as well. It's more like probably what do I squat for me? Um, but yeah, that's the most asked question. And it's probably the reason I train at home now, not at gyms. Yeah. Because I can't get through a workout without someone asking me, what are the best supplements? What, what are the essential supplements that I need to support my performance and optimize my recovery for a gym session? Yeah, training, and I guess um, you know people ask me this all the time. Maybe because I formulate supplements as well. <laughs> What's the best supplements to take? You know, how does this work? What does this do? So you know, since we're a sports nutrition company that makes and sells supplements, number one sports nutrition brand in Australia. And look, we haven't <coughs> we haven't spoken about. You're right. That's a bit of the touch of the Rona. Or, <laughs> oh, no. um, we haven't spoken much about our products in past episodes and it's and it's on purpose. Like we're not a brand that wants to shove our products down your throat at all. Yeah. Like we're obviously a reputable brand, being the number one brand in Australia. We manufacture all of our products, but we're not we're not about the hard sell at all. We'd rather just sort of keep it light, keep it fun, yeah. give you guys some different topics to talk about without trying to sell you. And that's not what today is about at all. It is it is about informing you of the basic essential products that you need for optimum performance and recovery. Yeah. So and we're going to cover that. But <laughs> before we do... What do you mean? We've had an overwhelming amount of emails over the last couple of weeks in regards to you. In regards to me. <laughs> what do you think it might be? What do you mean? Well, they're um, like, who is this Deering guy? He's, he's <laughs> so intelligent. He's like this supplement nerd. Uh-oh. But sometimes we can't understand what he's talking about. He Ooh. goes really deep, uh, starts yeah. talking about the stars. and. <laughs> well, I told you, I'm, not a, I'm actually a chemist, but I'm not a chemist. I'm a philosopher. <laughs> so <laughs> we're, we're going to play a little game today. Uh-oh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I hope you like games. <laughs> what do you mean? Every time, <laughs> I we're talking about <laughs> every time we, we love the fact that you bring science to this podcast, but every time you get too scientific, we are going to sound oh. the air horn. <laughs> oh, no. And not just that, every time you get too scientific, say um or things like that. Oh, no. <laughs> the air horn will sound, and you, my friend, must take a shot of Masashi pre-workout. Oh, shit. There are about, I've got lots of shots here, too. There are about three three serves mixed into that one. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, line them up, Darren. Okay. How no. long has it been since you've had some shots at the bar? A while. Um, <laughs> a long time. Should we, should we start off with one? Just to get just I to get him going, I think should we kick off with one just to well, see. I guess you have to have one as well. Don't you? <laughs> well, maybe another time, but uh, oh, come on, I just I didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> <laughs> this is just to, oh shit. This is just to let you know how strong we've mixed this up, so that you won't make any mistakes. That's pretty full. That is very full. You'll spill it for sure, all over your notes. So hands, the hands uh, like a surgeon. Don't worry. Oh, no, well, not look at my hands. Bottoms Shaky. up. Cheers. Oh, nice. I wonder who made that. So I'm going to pass the <laughs> horn over to Hal. Oh. Hal's got the horn. He's in charge. You get too scientific. Uh-oh. Shots away. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. Are you ready? Okay. <laughs> Not getting scientific. <laughs> All right. 
Firstly, before we kick into this, we probably need to talk about the essential times that we need to be using sports supplements because the common argument you get, right? Mm. There's always the internet warriors like, I don't need, I don't need a protein shake after a workout. I just have a chicken breast. So there is yeah. the old food versus supplement argument, but both have their roles to play. Obviously, we're not a proponent of an all supplement diet. We've never been about that. But there are certain times, and this is why supplements were made in the first place. Yeah, like they, ha- they have a role, but you know, but they're not the magic bullet. They're not the, no. the answer to everything, to all of life's problems. They're not. But there are some crucial times that we recommend that you use supplements over food for for reasons that we'll get into today. So, yeah. what do you what do you reckon the three three most important times to well, use sports supplements? Hal, what do you reckon as a as a new entrant into the sports nutrition world? What do you reckon are three most crucial times to use sports supplements? Uh, before the pub, after the <laughs> pub, and <laughs> mid-hangover. Well, well, pretty similar to the gym, before, yeah. during, and after. <laughs> yeah, I'll run with Darren on this one. Yeah. <laughs> so before a workout, during workout, and after a workout. But, um, before we get into it, I thought maybe we'll talk about... <laughs> oh, <laughs> <what>? <laughs> Too scientific already. Oh, that, was, that was a big um. <laughs> oh, I was like, shot. oh, okay. Didn't even start getting technical. If you pour them as full as the other one, we're going to run out of cups. Half yeah, a shot, half a shot. There we go. I'll die. <laughs> I just had two coffees this morning. So. <laughs> the first um, This could get interesting. The okay. air horn has sounded. Yeah. Okay, ready? Okay. What I was going to ask you? Yes. Uh, um, how did you start <laughs> taking supplements? What was the first? I, um, I love that one, girl. <laughs> no, I said, uh. <laughs> yeah, right. First started taking supplements. Yeah, what was your first uh, experience? Honestly, like, uh, and this is well before, I've been here for 14 years, but well before I was here, I started probably training 23 years ago. You couldn't, can't tell these days. But um, the first supplement I ever used was actually a Masashi supplement. Wow. So it's funny how things sort of come around, but... It was the growling dog creatine wow. back in the day. And um, I remember like was when you first started. Flavored, tra- unflavored? Just unflavored. Oh, yeah. And I just, I was hardcore back then. I just spooned it straight into the mouth and yeah. everyone does that these days. But yeah, that was my first product. And um, I think com- combined first using supplements when you first start training, the results you get are like phenomenal. Yeah. Strength gains, size gains. So from from there, I've I've definitely investigated pretty much and used pretty much every product on the market, not just Masashi, everything. Um, and I've trialed it on myself, and obviously we trial it on athletes and things like that. So we're pretty confident in the essential sort of ingredients and products that you need. Yeah. And and look, you can go out and buy every supplement under the sun. Sometimes too much is is not the right equation. Um, and people are on limited budgets these days as well. So it's like, what are the just the core essentials that I need? Hmm. What well, was your first uh, experience with supplements? My first experience was some... Um, some. I'm trying very hard not to say I'm going uh, to go ahead and drop the arm because I'm going to be sound. You'll be dead in 10 minutes be, with all these arms. I'll the horn, the horn's going to run out of gas in a minute if I keep doing that. Uh, anyway, some, uh, some protein I bought from the supermarket and then uh, then some flavoured creatine. It was, it was a weird thing. Like, flavoured creatine. Yeah. Yes. Yep. And some purple tub. Um, and then I guess, you know, back when I was in uni, I used to live off these Masashi P30 protein shakes in the little uh, little cardboard carton. I remember those too. Yeah. And now crazy. Now I'm making Masashi subs. I know. 
It's funny how it all comes around. It's, it's funny that both of our experiences were first experiences were with Masashi brands. So that's pretty cool. What about you, Hal? What was the first supplement you ever used? What was it like a? Mine was the standard uh, whey protein, and it wasn't Masashi. Yeah, well, that's cool. It was um, get out. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? There's other yeah, brands. Your internship <laughs> yeah. just ran out. Oh man. <laughs> no, um, so it was just a standard whey protein. Yeah? yeah, it was. It was pretty average. It mixed horribly. It tasted crap. So we just would have two scoops of that after each workout. Yeah, that, that's all we did. And that's probably most people's first experience. It's either a, a protein powder or a creatine, and creatine because it's probably the most researched sports supplement on the market. Yeah. It's got the most scientific evidence and it's one of the cheapest. Yeah, exactly. And it provides like actual results. Yeah, so maybe, so maybe we'll, we kick off with creatine. Yeah, good old creatine. That would be one of my sort of number one supplements that I would recommend Yeah, for I, anyone starting out and okay. experienced. Mm. Quick question. What is creatine? You tell me. You're the scientist, well, but careful not to get too scientific. Uh, it's going to be very hard to to uh, not get too scientific. It's hard to get scientific here, sure, if we're asking to be. Heaps yeah. of different forms of creatine. Creatine monohydrate has the most scientific evidence. and, and Yeah, so supported. basically creatine is actually made from some amino acids. So um, your body actually makes about one to two grams of creatine per day. There you go. And you can get it from food sources as well. You can. It's found in a lot of meats and things like that. Um, but not enough. And things like that. Yes. Ah. This is going to be a long podcast. I'm going to die. <laughs> I've already had 300 oh, milligrams man. of caffeine. Lucky I have a massive caffeine tolerance, <laughs> yeah, exactly. which is something we'll talk about later. We are five minutes in and he's yeah. three shots down. This could get interesting. You're going to have to go straight to the gym after this. Yeah. Uh, I might have a nap pretty early tonight. <laughs> All right. So... Creatine, amino acids to get you back on track. Yeah, so creatine is made from amino acids, but it's not an amino acid itself. Yep. Um, so what is it? <laughs> <laughs> Just go with the flow, man. We'll never get through this. So, so creatine, what, what is it? How is it helping? Let's just keep it top line. What, what is it doing? So um, any exercise or any activity you do that lasts less than 10 seconds requires um, this thing called ATP. So weightlifting. Sprinting, weightlifting, sprinting, anything explosive, jumping. Yep. All of that uses your um, creatine phosphagen energy system. Yes. Um, and that relies on ATP. Right. So creatine goes through a conversion process in the body to pr produce ATP. Yep. So ATP is like your um, your energy currency in your yes. body, right? So all these other um, energy systems in your body also somehow uh, end up producing ATP. Mm -hmm. But this creatine system is the most rapidly accessed. So anything under ten seconds. Um, you know, you're going to need this instant flux of creatine, mm -hmm. I mean, of ATP. So um, if obviously, if you don't have a big enough pool, you're going to fatigue very quick and um, you're not going to perform best for anything under 10 seconds. So I think it's important to note, like, especially with a lot of pre-workouts out there these days that are highly caffeinated, creatine's not a product that you can like get that. It's not going to give you a buzz or anything yeah. like that. The noticeable benefits might come sort of later in a workout or... Yeah, so really the noticeable benefits of creatine are strength and size. Right? Strength and size. Yeah, so um, you know it's going to make you retain a bit more water. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things when you're on creatine is you need to consume quite a bit more water. So um, just because you know it's helping with your cell volumization and things like that. Um, so it's help and things, things like, like that. that. Oh, my God. <laughs> so cell volumization, as I pour another shot. Yeah. Um, so it's... It's basically assisting that cell to become more hydrated or more... Um, well, 
it, it's, it's hold more water. Hold more water. Right. Um, well, you'll be holding a lot of water after this, specifically <laughs> in your muscle cells. Right. So creatine for strength, size, and cell volumization. Mm-hmm. Okay. Qu- question, and this is a question that comes up a lot. <laughs> I can't believe where this many shots in already. <laughs> comes up a lot. How much do I need per day? Do I just use it on? Sorry. Let's start with one question. How much do I need? How much do you need? So, like I said, your body produces around one to two grams per day. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's, if you look at supplements, not just creatine, anything, right? There's the, the minimum you can do, the, um, you know, the, you know, the minimum effective dose. Yes. Obviously, you don't need creatine to perform, right? Like your body's producing it. But then there's, you know, optimal. What's optimal is, you know, getting enough creatine in your system so you perform at your best. So, it's around five grams per day. Five grams per day. So what is that? Like a teaspoon? No. That's actually a common misconception. That's why I brought it up. Oh, so um, oh, it's not even open yet, no. but there's a scoop in here, right? Right. And uh, one of the complaints is, uh, your scoop is a lot bigger than a teaspoon. You know? Is that how peop- our consumers talk? Well, that's how I read the emails. <laughs> <laughs> our scoop is a lot bigger. Yeah. Bro, your scoop is too, <laughs> <it's> too big. <laughs> um, so we've, what have we done? We put the, op- the right amount f- per scoop. Yeah. So... Um, it's five grams per scoop, not five moles, which yep. is a teaspoon. So obviously it's a bit less dense than water. So what are we talking, like if people are using teaspoons, what um, is that? It's probably yeah. about two and a bit teaspoons. Two and a bit teaspoons. And what happens if you have too much? Because again, you know who we're talking to here, the guys that think that more is better. Yeah. So what happens if you have too much creatine? So it's not You're not going to get any extra advantages, are you? Um, no. So there hasn't really been sh- shown to be any significant advantages over, say, five grams per day. Mm-hmm. The one thing uh, where people do take more than five grams per day is a loading phase. Yes. So a loading phase isn't necessary in creatine. So that was old science, really, wasn't it? Not necessarily. Um, so it takes some time for creatine to work, right? Um, you want your blood levels of creatine to hit a certain level for you to uh, receive the maximum benefit. Mm-hmm. So if you take five grams per day, it's going to take a, a few weeks for you to get there, depending on you know your diet and your creatine levels already. So the idea of you know loading phase is you get to this blood level much faster. Right. But you know taking too much creatine at once can <laughs> lead to a bit of um, digestive discomfort and bloating. And I think that's what um, a lot of the complaints around creatine is sort of that digestive upset or bloating and it's probably because you're using too much so back off exactly and you know that's why we actually use something called micronized creatine so the particle sizes are very small micronized right right so um because smaller particle sizes um you know easier to dissolve in water so um not so uh irritating to you he's digestive. struggling not to get <laughs> I'm, so str- I'm so struggling not to say <laughs> he's that. paranoid now yeah <laughs> Okay, next question. Do I need to use it on non-training days? You talk about three weeks to get up to sort of optimal levels. Yeah, so... Should um, we be using it every day? If, you, if you're on creatine, you should be using it every day. Um, mm-hmm. The ideal time to use it is post-workout, although timing isn't as important as, you know, achieving this blood level consistently. Mm-hmm. Typically, you'd be on creatine for around 12 to 16 weeks um, because it's not, it's not ideal to consistently be on creatine, you know. Right, so you give the body a break for what, a give couple of weeks and then jump back on or Yeah, just or so? give the body a break, you know. Yep. Um, I've been on creatine nonstop for two years. <laughs> I've been on creatine nonstop for 20 years. Wow. And yeah. look at me. I look like a child. Yeah. <laughs> you look, look you, the same age. <laughs> yeah, you look younger than me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so creatine's definitely sort of up there on the list. The next question I get is when should I be using it? Does it even matter? Like do I use it pre-workout? 
Do well, I use it post-workout? Do I use it throughout the day? Well, obviously, creatine has a large number of benefits during your workout, but mm-hmm. that doesn't necessarily mean that you should have it immediately before. Right. Um, the best time is actually post-workout, but like I said, timing is not as important when it comes to creatine. Once you reach those levels? Once you reach that levels, your blood creatine levels are going to be um, you know, at, at the optimal levels to support your training. So timing is less important, but best time post-workout, second best time pre-workout, um, you know, but... And post-workout, why? For those cell volumization benefits? Exactly. So um, there was a study comparing um, creatine timing and, you know, there was shown to be some benefit to taking a post-workout. Okay. Beautiful. Yeah. You're doing well so far and not getting too scientific. I'm trying to dumb it down. I'm not not too worried about that one as much as the... (laughs) <laughs> and things like that. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm worried about. <laughs> when you say um, when you say timing isn't important, does that mean it doesn't matter if you take it all in one go or if you have it in say two liters of water and sip it over the course of an hour or so? Yeah, but um, actually on that, creatine is not actually very stable in water, so um, that's why you don't see it in a lot of RTDs. And if you see it in a lot of pre like, the drinks ready to go, it's probably uh, an un- it's not stable. Yeah, so um, there's not too many. There's not too many drinks yeah, out yeah. there with creatine, but um, there are some. And yep. um, typically it degrades to something called creatinine, which is um, a, a byproduct. Right. Which has no benefits. How long does that usually take? In water? Yeah. Um, it, it depends on the pH of the water, things like that, blah, blah, blah. And things like that. <laughs> but that <was> specifically. <laughs> okay, so I think we've covered creatine. Um, post- um, different forms of creatine yes it's, it's another question i get and, and i think the industry has sort of come back around to basic creatine monohydrate yeah so creatine monohydrate so creatine is this you know uh dipeptide molecule which you talk about a monohydrate just one water mm-hmm. attached to it so monohydrate right so this is the, the simplest form of creatine right um there's been a large number of different types of creatines over the years to uh try and prove that they're better than the, the original creatine monohydrate. You know, there's creatine ethyl ester, creatine HCl, um, PA, um, creatine, crealkaline, all these yes, different I kinds of things. Um, they've all come and gone, and it's kind of comes full circle back to creatine monohydrate because nothing, no other form of creatine has been shown to be more effective. And good news on creatine, it is, um, it, it's a supplement that you can use um, if you are in a drug-tested sport, as long as they're... Or the product is batch tested, which ours is yeah. right, in form sport. Gang. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> funny, funny story on that. <laughs> um, creatine. So creatine was actually involved in a uh, high profile drug failure. It uh, was. I know we were I talking like about this, this uh, the other day. <laughs> a so. famous MMA fighter who shall remain nameless. Um, John Jones. But anyway. <laughs> 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 um, no. <laughs> anyway. Um, so basically... Um, a lot of these dodgy creatine manufacturers around the world also manufacture steroids in the same plant. Yep. Um, you know, obviously our creatine is batch tested. We know every single batch that we produce, free of banned substances, safe for all athletes to use. But um, a lot of drug dealers also buy creatine because it's a nice fine white powder. Right. And, and they mix all these other white powders with it, such as cocaine. Right. Um, so this one athlete uh, was, you know, partying, doing some... Um, Party drugs? Yep, some 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 uh, some things that he puts up allegedly allegedly putting things up his nostrils and mm-hmm. um, um, the drug dealer who he bought this from actually cut his drugs with um, creatine 
creatine from a from a poor supplier. So that, a tainted creatine supplement that was cut with a party drug has caused him to fail a, a drug test with yeah, USADA. Because the creatine was tainted with steroids. So Crazy. So that's why you always have to know where your um, products are coming from, where they're manufactured. Um, and, of course, look out for that in Form Sport logo. Yeah. Um, so creatine, I think, covered. Anything else that you want to cover on creatine? That's sort of the basics. Um, yeah, that's pretty much the basics there's actually a lot of research coming out on creatine now and all these other effects so health benefits heaps of health benefits not I know, just for um, muscles but you know for your brain as well and even some anti-alzheimer's potential yeah and i know i remember seeing a study way back on pregnant women with undersized um babies while they're pregnant yeah they were using creatine to actually boost the um or bring the size of the baby up to a normal um, size so that was quite interesting as well yeah and one of the other cool studies is about um, sleep deprivation so um, creatine can actually help your brain functioning when you're actually sleep deprived that's because that's how i function i yeah. am so sleep deprived but i'm functioning because of the creatine it is yeah pre-workout probably one of the hottest products in the last 10 to 15 years in the sports supplement industry there's a so many different versions of pre-workouts i remember the first one of the first ones i saw was a product called swole um and they used to be actually a lot more functional back in the day when they first came out there was heavy heavy doses of good functional ingredients and somewhere along the line they got dosed with actually amphetamines yeah really high doses of caffeine like unsafe levels and there was a bit of a shift in the pre-workout product market, which was, look, young guys love it. They love that buzz and that rush and the gritting of the teeth and it's helping them to lift. But the actual long-term health risks from using those products far outweighs the, the benefits that you're getting for a one-hour gym session to lift a little bit more. Exactly. So, so what, like, what should people be looking for in a pre-workout product? Obviously, you want a little bit of a stimulant. But we should be looking for some good functional ingredients as well, right? Exactly. It's not all about caffeine. Yeah. So, um, you know, some of these pre-workouts in the past used to contain all kinds of things in them, you know, like you mentioned amphetamines. But um, in the past, especially, you know, some of these foreign brands, they used to have proprietary blends. So the first thing you should look out for on a protein is proprietary blends. On a pre-workout. On a pre-workout, sorry. Yeah. So if it's got a proprietary blend, what that means is they'll... They'll list all the ingredients on the back, but they won't actually show the exact amount of each ingredient. They might just give a total at the bottom. So you never know how much of each ingredient you're getting. So it could be just dosed with the cheapest ingredient on that list that makes up the majority of the total grammage. And then there's a sprinkle of everything else, not an actual good dose of it. Yeah. So, so um, you know, and there used to be these uh, other hidden ingredients on there. So like something called geranium extract. Yeah, so... Right. Nearly every pre-workout, that was a while ago now, probably 10 years ago, yeah. had, had this ingredient in it. Yeah, so what, what it actually was was something called 1,3-dimethylamine, uh, and it was a, a crazy stimulant that got people going and actually caused a few heart failures and actually caused, caused a few deaths in America. It did, and I think the, the thing that brought it to light was there was a few deaths of some U.S. Army. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, and it, and it brought it to the forefront of, uh, I think it, sports supplements seem to fly under the radar yeah. a lot. And as soon as you get a few deaths, and especially to like people that are representing the country, like in the army or the navy or whatever, that's when people start to take notice. Yeah. So what happened is basically... Well, a lot of these manufacturers got shut down. Um, there's still plenty of pre-workouts out there with proprietary blends. Uh, you know, a lot of them do put these crazy things like amphetamines in there because, you know, the thing about a pre-workout is it works straight away. You can feel it working. 
And that's not necessarily the gauge to a good pre-workout. No. So if you – just because you feel it working and you're getting this uh, this intense sort of focus, and that doesn't mean that it's actually benefiting you. You're just getting this big stimulant hit. And then that can cause a huge crash after your workout as well. Exactly. So um, the thing about our pre-workout is, you know, we've got no preparatory blend. We list the quantity of every single ingredient on there. Uh, it's formulated um, – specifically for for sports performance and training at the gym you can feel it works straight away so you know it there's no amphetamines and thing that things in there it's caffeine it's amino acids it's all the good stuff mm-hmm. um, so what 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 are some of the core ingredients in a pre-workout that we should be looking for yeah so you can basically think about it as three categories of ingredients within a pre-workout so stimulant mm-hmm. some pre-workouts don't have a stimulant but you know the most common is caffeine Yes. Um, the most extreme is an amphetamine. <laughs> yep. Um, so a good dose of caffeine. What's what's a good dose of caffeine? Because I've seen them range anywhere from eighty to one hundred milligrams, like a cup of coffee, a strong cup of coffee, through to I've seen four hundred milligrams in some products. Yeah. Which is the equivalent to what six, eight cups of coffee? Well, a typical cup of coffee is about sixty to eighty milligrams. So there you go. Yeah, five to six cups of coffee. Yeah, crazy. It's a lot. Um, and a Red Bull is also about 80 milligrams, Yep. just to put that into perspective. Yeah, so it's the equivalent of potentially drinking sort of four to six Red Bulls yeah. all, all at once. Pretty much. So, um, you know, we've <coughs> the thing about our pre-workout is before we launched it, we did an extensive toxicology risk assessment. Mm-hmm. So um, we, we got the formulation scientifically evaluated and, you know, to, to evaluate every single ingredient in there and the interaction with each other and to make sure it's safe before we released it out into the wild. You're a little bit more energetic today, though, so it is having some effect yeah, on you. I'm, I'm feeling like... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, are you sure you put our pre-workout in there? I'm feeling like pretty hyped up. Yeah, Hal <laughs> may have double or triple dosed it, so... Yeah. Um, but you haven't... <laughs> H- hands are still steady, so it's all good. Good, all right, thing, so good thing we uh, batch tested, otherwise we'd have your jaw swinging in your pupils <laughs> dilating. Exactly. All yeah. right, so what's a pre-workout do? It's got a few different functions, right? Yeah. Obviously, create focus... Yeah, so we're talking about these three um, three categories of ingredients. So mm-hmm. first one is stimulant. Mm-hmm. Um, second one is uh, you know something to do with your blood flow. So when you're training, you want uh, you want your blood flow to your muscles uh, enhanced. Yep. The, typically, there's three ingredients that can fall into this category. You know, originally it was it was arginine or arginine alpha ketoglutarate. It was just type of arginine. Um, then it's moved to things like citrulline and ornithine. Basically, the idea is, you know, um, all of these are involved in something called nitric oxide, your nitric oxide pathway, which dilates your blood vessels and allows blood to flow better. So why is allowing blood to flow better important for someone training in the gym? Well, you want big veins, of course, when when you're lifting weights. So so delivery of of more blood to the muscle? Yeah, more blood to the muscles means more nutrients to the muscles. Which means more growth, more and more efficient recovery. Exactly. Yep. The next class of ingredients are performance-enhancing ingredients, or well, not to be confused with performance-enhancing drugs, but <coughs> yep. you know things like creatine, beta-alanine, yes. amino acids. All of these have a function in a pre-workout as well. We get a lot of questions about beta-alanine, and it's, and it's an ingredient that not a lot of people are familiar with. I think we have mentioned it previously on the podcast, but mm-hmm. beta-alanine is one of the most underrated ingredients in, in sports supplements. Yeah, so behind creatine, beta-alanine is probably the most the second most extensively studied ingredient in sports nutrition mm-hmm. um it's it's pretty important when it comes to um ingredients um activities longer than 10 seconds so you know we talked about uh, creatine being important under 10 seconds beta alanine is a bit more important in those activities a bit longer right so it's a bit of a sort of a lactic acid buffer exactly so what it does is it increases your um beta alanine 
beta alanine is 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 a means to the end, right? It it increases something called carnosine mm -hmm. in your muscle. So this muscle carnosine acts as a buffer to lactic acid. Right, and when used in conjunction with creatine, you're sort of getting the the short term effects of creatine and the longer term effects of beta alanine. Yeah. So you know, um, you know, when your arms start to feel like jelly and you're getting that, um, you know, that um, that failure in muscle contraction, that's when kind of when beta alanine is going to help. Never, never get failure in muscle contraction. No. Yeah. Th thousand reps. <laughs> thousand reps. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, so you've got. Mental, performance, what's the third category for this uh, pre-workout supplement? Uh, well, the third, what do you mean? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I wasn't listening. Yeah. So I said uh, stimulants, <laughs> mental performance, yes. uh, um, blood flow, yes, and performance enhancing there things like blood creatine flow. and yep. um, beta alanine. And then right. partying, so recreational. No, we don't ever recommend <laughs> that. No. So those, though, you should be looking for ingredients that sit within those three things. Like That's, that's what a pre-workout should help with. Yeah. So it shouldn't be too far in one of those things. So if it's too highly in the stimulant-based thing but not enough functional ingredients for performance and blood flow, maybe it's not the right formula for you. Yeah. Um, you know, the other thing that's in there are amino acids, and we talked about amino acids extensively on our amino acids episode. Check that out. Yeah, I'd be getting buzzed very, very often in that episode because yeah. it was quite technical. But <laughs> um, one, one of the key amino acids in our pre-workout at quite a high dose is something called tyrosine. Yes. So tyrosine is very important when it comes to your neurotransmitter levels, you know, um, importantly, specifically for dopamine and serotonin. So uh, creatine causes this dump of neurotransmitters. You can think of tyrosine as almost like a fuel to make sure you're not flat after the caffeine. Nice. Yeah. Pre-workout, done. How, how far before a workout should we be using it? I see a lot of guys sort of mixing it up while they're sitting there on the bench. Yeah. Um, how, how far before a workout do you yeah. take it? I usually allow sort of 30 to 40 minutes. Yeah. So really? Yep. For pre-workout? Yep. Yeah. Same here. So um, actually, it takes a while for your body to metabolize all of the ingredients in the pre-workout. Although, you know, you might actually feel it working within five minutes for some people. Um, the uh, effects of the caffeine and the beta alanine seem to kick in fairly quickly. Yep. Um, but yeah, I, I find, and especially like if I've got too much liquid on my stomach as I'm about, or just sitting there as I'm about to train, it's off-putting as well. So I like to go in with sort of that empty stomach feeling. Yeah. So uh, about 30 minutes is the sweet spot. Um, I like to actually have it about 15 to 30 minutes before training. Uh, Hardcore. Some people, some people actually take it too far before training. So mm -hmm. like, you know, I'm just doing all these shots right now. Um, I'm actually not going to receive any benefits in my workout tonight because <laughs> um, I probably would have crashed by the caffeine by this afternoon. Yeah, well, normally if it was dosed correctly, you'd be fine. But uh, yeah, Hal sabotaged you. Yeah. Triple dose. Right. Triple shot. Next, um, next one, time. One, oh, yeah. one key thing about pre-workout is, you know, one question is, should I take it every day? Yeah. Um, the answer is probably not, you know, because you, like caffeine is something that's quite addictive and something that you can pull build up a tolerance to. Mm -hmm. The thing about caffeine is you can build up an insurmountable tolerance, right? If means if you have caffeine way too often, even if you have heaps of caffeine, it's not going to um, have the same effect. So like what I mean by a tolerance is the more you have, the less effective it is, right? And, and it's the common thing I see with a lot with the younger guys. I walk into a supplement store. That product was great. The effects are wearing off. You got something stronger, stronger. They're always chasing that, that, that stimulant hit. Yeah. And you end up just... Becoming dependent upon it. Yeah. yeah. And um, I would only recommend people sort of, if you are looking for a higher, higher stimulant pre-workout, maybe just utilize them on big days like, like a leg workout or a big back workout or something like that. Don't, don't become too dependent on them for every single workout. 
Yeah, and you know, me mainly training powerlifting style, um, I only use pre-workout on my squat or deadlift days. Yep. So right. Twice next, a, twice a week is twice a week. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> In conclusion, <laughs> next um, next time that um, people are using, or we recommend people use sports supplements, and this is sort of again a, a newer sort of time. People were just mainly drinking water during a workout or sipping on like a Gatorade or something like that. Now people are using amino acids during a workout. Yeah. We've got a product obviously called Intra Workout. Why during a workout? Yeah, so there's there's a number of benefits, right? Um, obviously, having amino acids in your in your body in your blood is gonna support something called muscle protein synthesis, which is you know can be interpreted as muscle growth and recovery. Mm-hmm. Um, having the sufficient amino acids in your blood is gonna you know have some kind of anti fatigue potential as well, um, because amino these amino acids compete with other amino acids and neurotransmitters that are gonna make you feel fatigue. Right. So if, originally, when these sort of during workout products came out, they were just a, really a combination of your branch chain amino acids and potentially just some glutamine. Yeah. We, we've, our intra workout is a, is a pretty much a complete profile of your, all the essential amino acids. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's all but one. So there's no cysteine in there. But um, basically, it's these nine essential amino acids that are, uh, or nine amino acids that are really helping you out. Um, you know, you, like we talked about it quite extensively on the amino acid podcast, but you know, if you think of amino acids like letters of the alphabet, protein like a book, all right? You know, protein is going to have all these benefits. But like you mentioned, having a little bit of water in it is, is quite uncomfortable for you when you train. Same thing about having protein or a protein meal, mm. right? It's going to have benefits by having amino acids and protein digested in, into your bloodstream. But it's quite uncomfortable for a lot of people to train with. So that's how BCAA is involved, you know. It's specifically the, the three most important amino acids. Um that are easy to consume while you're training. And I think that's why sports supplements became a thing in the first place. It's like if you if you sit down and have a big meal half an hour before a workout or you're trying to consume some sort of food-based product during a workout, it, it's just going to sit on your stomach. While you're training, your digestive system sort of starts to shut down. So you – well, not shut down, but it slows down. Um, and, and a lot of these foods just sit on your stomach. And, yeah. and they're taking a long time to digest as well. Like if you're looking at protein sources – from food it can take anywhere from sort of two to four to six to eight hours depending on the protein source whereas sipping on amino acids free form amino acids while you're training they don't actually go through that complete digestion process yeah so we talked about it quite a lot on the amino acid uh, episode but when you have a protein you know all these letters of the alphabet are together like words right Um, but your stomach needs to cut them up the enzymes and the acid in your stomach and before they actually absorb well whereas free form amino acids when when you drink them they absorb straight away right so the core, <coughs> core reason we're having these is what? To prevent muscle tissue breakdown, remain hydrated. And prevent fatigue. And prevent fatigue. Is there yeah. any other ingredients in the, in the intra-workout that are helping to prevent fatigue? Is there any? Well, there's some beetroot juice powder in there as well, which can help with your blood flow. It's like a na- natural source of nitrates. Yep. An important thing about intra-workout is that it's very tasty, right? So good. It's not too sweet. Exactly. But th- there's, there's a reason behind this because, you know, if you're drinking water, um, sometimes you forget to drink water. Like, you know, you're just drinking to your, to your thirst. Yeah. Often, water's boring. Water's boring. And, you know, thirst is already a, uh, a signal that you're dehydrated, right? Um, you know, a lot of athletes do drink to thirst and it's probably the best way, you know, your body regulates it. But, um, you know, by having something really tasty, you're going to be, um, you know, encouraged to drink it a bit more and stay hydrated. Hydration's yep. obviously super important when it comes to performing at your best. Beautiful. Our watermelon intra-workout. <laughs> it's good. You like it? 
best best cure for a hangover I've ever seen in my life. It's all about the hangover for Hal, isn't yeah. it? It's only pre-workout before a night out and intra-workout yeah. the morning after. Yeah. I, had a, I had a big weekend. <laughs> <laughs> like we said, before, during, after, we're talking about the gym. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right, so that's during, after. I see, again, you see guys sort of, the minute they get off, get off a piece of equipment, they're basically rushing to their bag to pull the protein powder out, to get it in the shaker. The 30-second anabolic window. Yeah, it's the 30-second. Like, it used to be considered 30-minute, but people are just rushing to get it and and consuming protein powder. Why protein powder after a workout? Yeah, so, um, you know, the number one thing is convenience, right? Um, Frying a a chicken breast breast straight after the workout is, you know, probably the last thing you feel like doing. And that's a common argument, and... um, you sort of get sick of seeing it. It's like, oh, I'll just go home and have a chicken breast after yeah. my workout. Just like one in each pock out of your yeah, yeah. exercise bag. That's right. All right. You've cooked have you cooked it and you brought it to the gym and it's sitting yeah. in your stinky gym bag and it's going to take, what, six hours to digest. And Exactly. And, you know, there's all these guys out there that say, oh, why are you have protein shakes when you can just eat food? You know? <laughs> like, like, okay, yes, you can. I don't know who you're talking to. They, <laughs> they talk really weird. <laughs> I was trying to imitate Hal. But oh. <laughs> Basically, you know, um, di- okay, it, you you can receive, you can get all the protein you need from food. Yes, but, but it's digestion time. And it's starting that recovery process as quick as possible. Yeah, so nutrient timing is important, right? You know, th- like I said, you know, there's the minimum effective dose, the the minimum you can do, right? You can rely on food only to um, to support your workout. There's, you know, all the evidence suggests that it's possible to do so, but you know, there's minimal, and then there's optimal. Right, um, maximizing nutrient timing, you know, getting these fast digesting proteins, um, you know, being that whole convenience factor of just sh- shaking it up and um, having it ready to go. It's easy. So you t- touched on fast digesting proteins. Let's explore that a little bit more. What what types of proteins should we be con- consuming after a workout? So there's a few different types of protein powders. You've got your your uh, micellar casein, you got caseins, you yeah. got your whey protein concentrate, whey protein isolate, the sort of milk proteins. It's yeah. confusing. What should I be having after a workout? Well, so, uh, you know, we talked about this a bit on the how much protein do I need episode, but there's a few different measures of protein quality, right? On basically every measure, whey protein is the best protein you can have right now. Yep. Um, you know, when it comes to um, how much is um, retained by your body, how much is um, absorbed and, you know, the amino acid profile, mm-hmm. providing your body with all the amino acids that it needs. So whey protein is probably the go-to source for after a workout. So you look for, for whey protein. And yep. and, and on that, you know, there's, there's a few different types of whey protein. There's whey protein concentrate, whey protein isolate, then whey protein hydrosylate, mm-hmm. right? Um, whey protein concentrate is about 80% protein, right? So that means, um, you know, there's some other parts of milk, right? Whey comes from milk. Yes. Um, whey protein isolate is a bit higher percentage of protein, right? Our 100% whey is actually a combination of isolate and concentrate. So what are the, some of the be- benefits that isolate has and then some of the benefits that concentrate has? Because they're both, like I know they get compared a lot, yeah. but they both have pros, not really cons, but they both have pros. Like yeah. Isolate's going to be, going to digest faster. I- isolate's going to dig- digest faster. It actually typically contains no lactose in there. Um, and, you know, that means a lot less sugars and fat. Mm-hmm. It also tastes worse, right? Right. Um, whey protein concentrate actually still has some, um, because it doesn't go through the second um, or I, the second filtration step that whey protein isolate has, uh, means that there's still some peptides in this. You know, like we said, amino acids, letters of the alphabet, peptides are words. Yep. 
right? Protein's like almost like a chapter of a book. So it's still got these um, important peptides in there like lactalbumins and, you know, lactoferrin and things like that, yep. um, which still have some beneficial uh, effects in your body. It comes to building muscle, immunity, all kinds of things. Right. So straight whey protein after a workout, should we be um, consuming some carbs? I know um, some people have different goals. Yeah, so um, obviously it depends on your goals, but um, you know, having carbs straight after a workout replenishes your muscle glycogen. Uh, and you know, car- carbs have a protein sparing effect. That means you're not using the proteins within your muscles. To and it depends when your next workout as well is. Like for me, like I'd rather have a straight whey protein after a workout. If I know that there's going to be potentially a full day before my next workout, I'll, I'll get I'll be able to replenish um, glycogen yeah. throughout the day through meals anyway. Yeah. So so. But if you're doing two a days. You're training in the morning and you're doing a sport at night. Um, yeah, you could potentially look at including some carbohydrates in in with your whey protein after a workout. If yeah. you keep interrupting him, you're going to do a shot as well. <laughs> um, That'll be the say? next week's game. Yeah, huh? next week's game. <laughs> yeah, we're going to get a bigger haunt. <laughs> with the, with the we cu- can do that. The cucaracha, you know, <laughs> the taxi hot. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you know, was like that an arm? Oh, we've given up. Oh, no. Oh, okay. I can be be free now. (laughs) (laughs) So like we said, creatine, um, you know, it's it's about reaching these levels. Uh, Amino acids are the same. You know, you want this amino acid availability in your blood throughout the day. Mm -hmm. And obviously, you know, you're going to go through dips and things as you feed and stuff. So that's why, you know, people like BCAAs during a workout, protein after a workout. Um, if you have protein before a workout, you're going to have some protein in, in amino acids in your blood anyway. Mm-hmm. So and Protein powder has all the amino acids, not just the essentials, right? Exactly. So yep. um, all 20 that you need. Um, our 100% way, again, informed sports certified, batch tested, mm-hmm. um, used by all of our athletes and teams. Um, those are probably the key um, supplements that, are, that we would recommend mm-hmm. to support your training and performance and recovery. You, if you were going to, like, if you're on a really limited budget, right? Like, you're a uni student, like, like Hal, and you're just poor. You're basically oh. just eating, like, baked beans and tuna cans, but you want some supplements. What would be your two go-to supplements? Protein and creatine. There you go. Yeah. Hal, you're a bit of a case study. How, how long have you been with us <laughs> now? Feels, yeah, you're a bit of a case <laughs> and a case study. <laughs> um, you've been with us for a while now. It feels like since you were, like... A, at least eight. So last year. So you've been here, <laughs> yeah. what, a year? 11 months. 11 months. Yeah. Wow, I'm surprised you made it this long. Um, <laughs> uh, 11 months. And so you've like basically been introduced to the supplement world, exactly. sort of. Yeah. And you've, you've, you've learned sort of the last 11 months what it should be uh-huh. using. Like what, what are the, some of the benefits that you've noticed in yourself? Like whether it be performance-based or purely aesthetic or... Bit of both actually, like... You should have done a case study me for sure. But um, when I first started working here, I barely knew what Masashi was. Um, obviously, out. I heard about it. I was using uh, other random protein powders, but I don't ever use... Um, I use just plant protein. Yep. I, I try and stay vegan with my supplements, except for creatine. I guess that comes from something. Um, <laughs> we, haven't done, we haven't educated him enough not, yet. Creatine synthetic. It's, not not it's vegan, considered. sorry. I just don't like the lactose in whey or anything. But um, yeah, everyone. So I was just having plant protein after a workout, and I started using all of these. I put on 10 kilos, and I'm lifting a lot heavier. Yeah. 10 kilos, yeah. but you've gotten leaner. 
Yeah, that's the thing. Like, like he came to us like a little chubby little boy. I wasn't chubby. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. So I've, I've definitely noticed my, I've got later for sure. And I think some of that is I've been exercising a little bit more as well. Of but course. a lot of it is definitely because of this. Yeah, looking like supplements are not yeah. that miracle, magical pill. You've got to put in the hard work as well. Exactly. But I think it's because that I've been recovering quicker and it's been giving me the energy. That's why I've been able to exercise quicker. We just got to get you to stop partying and um, on the <laughs> weekends and, and you'll get even better results. Yeah, yeah imagine that. That'll take a while. <laughs> Yeah, Hell basically went from Draymond Green to LeBron James. <laughs> <laughs> I went from goat to second best. Um, okay. Um, oh, yeah. So we didn't really touch up plant protein, but, you know, obviously some people don't like dairy. Avoid yes. dairy. Plant protein, it's a blend of a few different types of protein. So it um, provides you all these amino acids as well. And it's a good alternative to wear. It's a good alternative. Ours is a yeah, complete source. And we're in the process of getting our plant protein in form sports certified because a lot of our teams and athletes reached out to us and basically said, we, we um, half, three quarters of the team are using whey-based protein, but mm. some of our players, are, like yourself, Hal, prefer a plant source. So yeah. in the near future, our plant protein will be informed sports certified for those athletes. Currently, well. it com- contains hemp protein, which is kind of a great area when it comes to... Um, good you know, source of plant it's, protein. It's a good source of protein, but it's a great area when it comes to anti-doping testing. So we're going to replace the hemp with chia seed protein. Nice. Mm. Any other questions from you, Hal? Uh, you reckon we've covered it? I have heaps, but not on the top of my head. <laughs> no, nah, that's they'll, cool. They'll come to me eventually. Yeah. Uh, on, on the banned substance... Um, thing none that i just thought about it um caffeine was actually a banned substance up until 2004 um, because obviously it improves your performance so much um it was considered a performance enhancing drug but then you know um they did a survey saying 75 percent of athletes consume coffee and caffeine so um you know it's part of part of people's lives so they've taken it off the anti-doping list yeah i remember um there was actually an australian athlete i think he was a fencer back in the day actually failed a drug test for caffeine because oh, no. it's just that extreme focus, you know what I mean? Like in something like fencing, it can help. Wow. Yeah. I just saw an ad for fencing. They said it's, um, you know, the best spot in during coronavirus because you have to keep people muted and half away oh, from true. you. <laughs> and if they come any closer, you can stay them. And you wear a mask. <laughs> nice. Very true. Um, let's launch into some sporting topics. Have you got any for us this week, Hal? Yeah, of course. Got Beautiful. A few. What about uh, John Jones, who we mentioned earlier? So I have an article saying that he's vacating the light heavyweight championship. Saw this last couple of days. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I think people have been screaming out for this for a while because he's done everything he possibly can in that light heavyweight division. There are a couple of other challenges, but I think he's sort of lost motivation in that division. Is he the greatest of all time? 100%. Yeah. You can't uh, argue. There's a tiny asterisk because of um, what... Because of, of this, this drug testing. <laughs> yeah, so things we talked about earlier, but look, it's he's beaten everyone yeah so it's time for some new challenges i hope they put him straight up for the title against stipe obviously stipe has just beaten daniel cormier on the weekend hmm. so um i hope they put him straight in there yeah def- for a title shot definitely one of a kind so um you know we'll, we'll see what happens i want to see him actually not because he's his brothers play in the nfl and they're quite they're huge yeah. so i want to see him not dieting to make the light heavyweight division i want to yeah. see how big he can get but obviously, he's got that trade-off with not getting too big. He wants to still maintain his speed and, and, and movement advantage that he's got. Yeah, he's been training um, quite a bit of powerlifting, you know, since he's um, stepped out of the ring. And he's been getting pretty strong, you know, for somebody so skinny and lanky looking. Yep. He's very, very strong. Oh, you he's... know, on the other hand, Stipe, he's been training with Westside Barbell. So 
You know, you've seen the conditioning. He's come in. And he came in a lot leaner and a lot smaller than what he, he usually does for that last fight and maybe for a bit of a speed advantage. So it's very tactical, but uh, yeah, I'm interested to see it. Yeah. What pa- powerlift is the, the strongest. So. <laughs> <laughs> On powerlifters. Oh, that topic? Yep. We do have um, a rather grisly video to show you. This is... This this powerlifting video is, is is gone viral in the last few days. So um, yeah, look, big disclaimer, big disclaimer on this video. If you don't want to see something a little bit gruesome, maybe turn away or skip this part. Um, obviously, for people listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, you might want to jump on YouTube if you're keen to see something. <laughs> but there was a power. Talk us through this, Darian, because you're a powerlifter. Oh. I've actually got one of your powerlifting videos that we can compare. But hopefully this didn't happen to you. Let's um, check this out. Talk, for, us, talk for, us through it. Yeah. So for the record, I don't want to watch this. You can turn away, Hal. Yeah, I will. And turn <laughs> away anyone that's got a bit of a weak stomach. It's not Pre- that pretty sure bad. this is mature audiences over fifteen. So Look, and cl- there is close a, your yeah. eyes. Yeah. There is a disclaimer. Still full screen. Yeah, full screen. Oh god. Should okay. we unmute? Oh, yeah. So uh, what this thing is called is a monolift. So basically. Uh, the idea is that when you you don't need to step away when you unrack it. See, this thing swings apart. Mm-hmm. But he did step away, which actually caused some imbalances over there. I can see him shifting between his heel and his toes. He's trying to create it. Oh, He's trying to get that stability, right? Deering. And if your starting position is compromised. Ah! Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm that's, out. That's pretty gruesome. I can't watch that again. Should we watch it again? Oh, no. okay. Do you want to? Get it off the screen. It, yeah, it was it was pretty gruesome. He broke both both of his knees, but luckily, you know, he was lifting in a safe monolift, and it caught him. Right, you know, right. if that happens to somebody in the gym on a regular squat rack, there's spinal you, issues as well as knees and you everything. Can, you can get pinned. So, um, oh, have you have you seen many people get pinned? Uh, I've I've seen some pretty bad injuries, uh, mainly in the gym or in comp. In, in comp, you know, because the thing is, you're pushing it to the limit. That guy was squatting 400 kilos. Yeah. Right. This was amongst the best in the world. That's at the European Championships. So speaking of powerlifters, <laughs> and um and for some street cred here, you're not just a brain. You actually yeah. do lift weights as well. But you you're a New Zealand powerlifting champion. Let's check out one of your videos. Darren yes. on his computer while Look ago how showed me a list of all the powerlifting titles that he still holds in New Zealand. <laughs> wow. Let's go full screen. Full screen. Come on. Full screen. <laughs> so uh, th- this was actually at um, Pro Raw. So Pro Raw is in my opinion, you know, the the greatest powerlifting competition to ever happen. Yes. And um, this was at the Arnold Expo last year. Arnold so Expo last year, Darren. The guys that run this competition, man, they, they're doing something good and taking powerlifting to the what next did level. You, did you have pre-workout before this lift? I was I was juiced up on pre-workout. Oh, <laughs> you going to say something else. <laughs> was this a PB for you? Uh, yep, this is a PB. So this is 245. 245 uh, in the what? Under? Uh, under 80 class, which, you know, it's a bit heavy for me. So usually I'm about 78. I weighed in. I was like the lightest guy here. I ate breakfast and weighed in at 78. Yep. So, yeah, so you should should have been competing like a weight class lower, really? No, no. Well, no? Pro Raw is uh, it's oh, kind it's of an exhibition comp, right. so they make their own weight classes. So it's just 80 kilos with a two-hour weigh-in. So. All right, let's check out Deeran in action. Let's hope nothing happens to his <laughs> knees. Yeah, oh. Tri- triple body weight. Squat. Look at him. Ooh, he's oh, shouting. He's I've, never, I've never seen you like this, Darren. Oh, my God. This is crazy. You're an animal. <laughs> that lady's got some sick tats. Look at the crowd. That's a hardcore crowd there. It was a massive crowd. Ah, do you... Okay, let's watch it. See, I didn't step back. Like that. No. Solid. Oh. Get up there. There you go. 
Yep. There's just one. Oh, nice. One rep. Yeah, that's it. That's one powerlifting. Rep. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. So basically, um, you know, a lot of people don't have this monolift contraption to train with. Mm-hmm. So you can see the guy that did it stepped up because in the gym, typically you step up when you squat. Right. So uh, that what's that habit for him? Yeah, well, you're, you're allowed to often because, um, you know, you, really, you know, when it comes to game day, you don't want to change too much. So if you're part of your routine is stepping out, um, you know, why not do it in comp? But one of the advantages of a monolift is you can unrack it without stepping. So you have your stables right away. Yeah. So that's, yeah. That was cool. That was my PB. Uh, Loved it. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we'll break it one When days. are you back? No comps at the moment or? No comps at the moment. Yep. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I'm, I'm just like a, a sprinting powerlifting yogi at the moment. Beautiful. <laughs> so I'm just doing all kinds of training. Crazy. Hope to get back. Shout out soon. to Daily Telegraph. What else we got, Hal? Shout out to Pro Raw Powerlifting. Oh, yeah. Are we going to get R&D back on the screen? Well, have we got any more yeah. topics? We do. We um, oh, a, more, a few more groping incidents surface <laughs> uh, inside the Richmond Tigers club room. Wow. Oh, that's why you had that up there. Not bad. Yeah. yeah, so quite a few instances of um, people groping each other in AFL. So this is um, this this happened in the change rooms um, of a team, and, and it's come to light recently in the media um, because a new, one of the new players to the team, I believe he's a new player, was getting <laughs> sort of touched up by the boys. Yeah. Uh, after they were celebrating. Yeah. And a bit of controversy because you know um, they put a, a bit of racial profiling, you know, grabbing his crutch. Because he's he's an African guy, uh, you know the stereotypes over there. But um, you know, you know, locker rooms have this little behavior of, you know, pats on the butt, um, a little bit of cheekiness. So uh, I don't know where where do you stand on this? I was going to ask you guys first. You know where I stand. Probably it's uh, like I've grown away. <laughs> and I've been in that many football locker rooms over over the years, and this happens all. The, All the time. time, yeah. It's like this is just so much part of the 2020 cancel culture. Like we've got nothing else to focus on but what goes on in a team's locker room. Look, there's a disclaimer here. If the player didn't want it to happen, then yeah, it's yeah. bad. But I believe the player in this case came out and like said it was all sort of friendly banter. Mm. This shows me that there's actually a good culture within the team. They're all lads obviously these are the young guys they're making silly decisions anyway but it shows good bond like bonding with it throughout the team a lot of people that come out and and complain of this and uh, and i'm not this is not a um uh, this is not a sexist thing but have been females that maybe haven't been exposed to Mm. boy or young men culture inside sporting locker rooms. But the thing is, it happened in FEMA, in women's AFL as well. Yeah. It happens in we- women's yeah. AFL all the time. Yeah. Like we sponsor the and Western they, Bulldogs, they the women's it off team. As well. yeah. They like someone does something good on the field, they give each other a pat on the butt. Yeah. Um, I think I believe there was the Australian hockey t- women's hockey team. Mm. Um, yeah. Like it. This is part of sporting culture, and and it might seem weird to people that haven't been in locker rooms and things like that, but. As long as everyone's okay with it, yeah, yeah, then I don't see an issue. To me, it shows a strong unit. Mm. Exactly. To me, it's all about intention. You know, are you intending to make somebody feel uncomfortable? If they're cool with it, I, I say it's cool. And yeah. look, you look at like I've got a, a young son, right? He's eight, nine years old. Mm. But you watch him play with his mates; they're all just run around on the soccer field, smacking each other on the butt. <laughs> like this is just boys, mm-hmm. young boys. And guess what? Boys don't grow up really. No. Yeah. Um, until maybe they sort of settle down, have some kids, and 
start to think about things. But these are young guys. Mm. I don't see an issue with it at all, as long yeah. as all the players are sort of on board and they're all having a laugh and a joke about yeah. it. If it if it disappeared, if it completely stopped, it's not something that'll be missed. But I agree, I don't have an issue with it either. Yeah, yeah. and look, maybe don't put cameras in change rooms. What goes yeah. on in the change room is is to that team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it's not for the media to analyze what's going on mm-hmm. in in change rooms. And I'll probably cop shit for that, but whatever. Yeah. Okay, what else we got? How last one? Oh, this is a bit controversial as well. So the man who killed Michael Jordan's father. Uh, James Jordan back in 1993 he's going to be released from prison uh, in 2023 in August 2023 after 27 years in prison it's been 27 years yeah I know we all just watched The Last Dance so it feels like it was yesterday but yeah wow yeah that's gone fast Because it's happened to my life <laughs> he, was, he was sentenced to life back in 96 when he was caught so 20 something years yeah 27 years yeah yeah we, we did we saw it sort of play out in, in The Last Dance but I don't know. It's like. Do you remember it happening? I do. Days, yeah? I do, but not not to the extent that I saw in the documentary. But I don't. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. I don't know where I stand on that. It's well, like you, you kill someone, and it's. I don't think we know enough either. I think we no, know the I don't think any. Yeah, no one yeah. ever. Found it. I'm all for second chances, but when you kill someone, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Kill, yeah, yeah. I'm all about you know do the crime, you do the time, but you know killing oh. somebody, yes, but as well as you know. And what is the right amount of time, too? It's yeah. like... Yeah. I know. 27 years or something, is it? Yeah. That's a, that's a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a lifetime. Mm. But you can't replace a human life. Like, no. obviously, Michael Jordan's father would probably... Imagine. May even be still alive today. So he's he had to deal with that loss for 27 years as well. So... Mm. Yeah. Never wish that upon anyone. That's tricky. Thanks yeah. for bringing the mood down, Hal. Should oh, we yeah. take a shot? Thanks, Hal. That's a pretty dire I'm going to have a shot now. Man, I was actually like wired for a second after what? this. I was. <laughs> <laughs> Are you. Uh, I'm going to have a shot. I want to try and bait Deer into the same. Might as well. <laughs> oh, things like that. <laughs> and things like that. I love, I love me some pre workout. <laughs> what else? Is there any other sports topics, Hal? That's it for sports topics. Listener questions. We do have some listener questions. Awesome. If you want to submit some listener questions, throw them out on. Instagram, DM us, mm-hmm. or podcast at masashi.com. Mm-hmm. So first listener question from Ben Alexiu. He says, how long does pre-workout usually last? And what's the latest I can have it before it starts to keep me awake at night? Well, it's lasted this whole episode. This is the most alive I've ever seen Darren. So, yeah. Well, so the main thing to think about is half-life, right? So mm-hmm. caffeine. Yep. Um, when you're asking how long does it last, well, the main thing you want to know is how long does the caffeine last? Yes. Um, typically it takes about three to five hours for your body to break down caffeine. Well, the half-life, right? To, to break it down into half of what it was. So your liver metabolizes the caffeine that you ingest. Uh, they say for that reason, don't take pre-workout around three to five hours before bed, which is quite hard if you train at night. A lot of people, most people do train at night. That, I mean, that's when the gyms are most packed. You train at night, right? How you're most playing basketball at night as well. Yeah. You're training at night. Yeah. So, you know, the other thing is a lot of people, there's a big genetic component to caffeine, um, mm. a massive difference in the amount of caffeine people can tolerate and, you know, metabolize. So I'm pretty good. I can, I can have caffeine at, at 10 p.m. And, and still go to sleep. And still go to sleep. I can't. That's why. Yeah. So there's two different, like if I drink caffeine sort of after or have any caffeine after two, three, I'm shot. I can't sleep. Yeah. So it's, it's going to depend on the individual. But yeah. 
Yeah. Trying so, to minimize it before bed. Some of the latest things I've been reading is, you know, saying that you shouldn't have caffeine 10 hours before bed. Really? Yeah. But, you know, it's very different. And, you know, if, you, if, you, if, if you're fatigued after work, feeling down, you know, a shot of pre-workout's going to, you know, bring you back, make you have a good, um, good workout. Well, you know? So it really depends on you whether you can, you know, how you sleep. Mm-hmm. Because obviously sleep's such an important part of recovery. So you don't want to compromise your recovery just for a bit of a boost. So Sleep's super important. And you and I were talking about this the other day. I was yeah. about to rudely interrupt, but I got scared. Yeah. I thought I thought you were saying that I missed him saying and things like that again. No, so no, 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 no. Gave me an excited look. I was about to interrupt. I thought, <laughs> oh, geez, hell's on to it. Um, we were talking about this the other day. If you are training late yep. and you don't want a heavy stimulant pre-workout, mm-hmm. I mean... I just said to Hal, maybe you can combine our creatine with an intra workout as a, as a non-stimulant style of pre-workout. Yeah, that's what I usually do. Yeah, well, what I've been doing is having our Shred Matrix product, which we'll talk about in yeah. another episode. Yeah, but yeah. So new product know. launching. Oh, it's just launched. Actually, look for it online. Anyway, product plug Shred yeah. Matrix. Um, but yeah. a lot less caffeine, but you know some good um, amino acids and um, nutrients in there that can help you. Um, get a bit more energy in your workout as well yeah maybe throw some creatine in that and away you go yeah um next question another listener question from daniel cram who says uh how long do you have to consume creatine and beta alanine before they start having an effect i think we've already touched on this already we did we covered it was it three weeks yeah it's about two to three weeks for for most people but remember it's all about getting your 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 levels to uh a certain thing so i have a question then um once you get your levels to that certain point um, how long after you completely stop taking it before you before that drops off? Good question. Off? Um, uh, I'm not 100% sure, but I guess it's quite different for, for everybody. Yeah. You know, um, beta alanine is all about getting your muscle carnosine to this level. Yeah. Um, creatine, it's about getting your creatine to this level. But, you know, once you had, have a sudden drop of creatine from your diet, it'll probably take, um, take about a, a, a few days or so to, yeah. to come back to your baseline, what it was before. Cool. Yeah, it doesn't take that long at all. No. Yeah. Um, that's it for questions. Yep. Have we got a athlete quote? I am two for two in the last two podcasts. Wow, yeah. You got to pick up your game, man. I, I thought I was winning, but we you do. were. But now I've come back strong. Let's go. Yeah, I've been, got. I've done some good, homework. I got, a, I got a good one here and a, a hint. If you don't get it, yeah. Um, to be the man, you have to beat the man. To be the man, you have to beat the man. Um, it's a boxer. I feel. Last one was a boxer too. It was Floyd yeah. Mayweather. Um, Not really a boxer. To be the man, you have to beat the man. Do you want a hint? Dune will probably get this first. It's going to be a basketball. Ooh. Ooh. Mm-hmm. It was an Amigos song. Uh, be the man, you have to beat the man. Who's an Amigos song? Jake Paul. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> um Rick Flair. Oh, oh, Rick Flair. He's not an athlete. He's a WWE. Hey, hey, those guys are athletes. He's the best athlete in the world. Okay, the nature boy. WWE. I would it. never have got that. I've never watched WWE in my what? life. What? Sure, you know Rick Flair. I've, I've heard. Of, I've seen Rick Flair, yeah, but I don't. I've watched Ooh. a bit of Brock Lesnar over the years. Um, yeah. A bit of The Rock, John Cena. Mm. But that's a. And maybe back in the day, like Junkyard Dog, Hulk Hogan, but yeah, yeah I don't gonna, know. I, it's such well, a soap some, opera. Some, some legit athletes, Dennis Rodman. Got to start sprinkling a bit more uh, Randy Orton and. Uh, yeah, I used to love wrestling back in the day. They are athletes. Like their their <laughs> schedule that they keep, they are on the road constantly, and they're in the gym 
obviously to stay jacked. Yeah. And then they're out there performing and then they're training to perform because it's all scripted. Yeah. Or is it? Um, Look, here we go. I don't know. I don't know. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we just lost every listener. No, yeah. no, no. It's, def- it's definitely... All credibility gone. It's definitely scripted. The day I knew it was scripted was when they started mind control with flutes and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, yeah. Who was the guy that used to bring the snake out of the bag? Jake the snake. Far out. <laughs> what? How embarrassing. I, I saw him live for something like my seventh birthday in South Africa. Mm-hmm. It was pretty cool. There you go. We were going to do an assignment on WWE at uni, but we got talked out of it. Well, probably a good idea yeah. to get talked out of it. Um, have you got a Masashi quote, Darren? We do. Hang on. <clears throat> bring it down. <clears throat> oh. <laughs> okay. You can't cough anymore. The, the Masashi quote of the day is from The Book of Five Rings. The Book of Five Rings. Um, Masashi. Purchased Bible. from all good bookstores. Yep. So it's a simple quote. Too much is the same as not enough. <gasps> can, okay. you, can you apply that to... Oh, yeah. oh you can apply it to the, supplements. Yeah. We were talking about creatine earlier. Too much. It's not. You're not going to get any additional benefit. And the same with pre-workout. You know, too yeah. much... It's, not, it's the same as not enough. You know, Too take, much. You end up like Darren is today, uh, sitting over there and jittering. And yeah, you know, we talked about sleep for recovery. I'm not <laughs> going to sleep for two days. So <laughs> we'll see how I recover. Uh, that's a good one, actually. And that's a nice, simple one. Usually they're pretty deep. So yeah. I like that And one. it can apply to a lot of things, you know. Too much training is the same as not enough training, you know. Um, too much too much food. Um, maybe it's not the same as not enough food because you'll put on weight instead of lose weight. But Too much partying, hell. Too much fighting is the no, same as not enough. enough. You never do enough. What's um? What's that behind you? What is it? This. Mm-hmm. What is that? Uh, we got yeah, a couple of new products dropping this this month, later this month, and there's another one that we'll talk about. But basically, yeah, Shred Matrix to assist with energy production and, and fat metabolism, and exciting new product dropping very soon is electrolytes. Yeah. Um, so obviously a hydration style product for some endurance and non-endurance athletes. I know I have been trialing it with jujitsu. I sweat like a pig. <laughs> so I've, I've been using it and sipping on it. And actually I, I used to, when I was um, just sipping water during a jujitsu workout, I'd lose three to four kilos in a, in a jujitsu session. And because they're late at night, I'd wake up the next morning so flat and wonder why, like struggle to get out of bed. So I've been using some electrolytes, sipping on it, just sort of in between rounds, and I've uh, been waking up fresh as I feel great. Mm. Yeah. So, and that is the only real change I've made. So yeah, stay tuned for those. Any of our products on masashi.com, heaps of product information. There's actually training guides, nutritional guides on there as well. All of our products are available. Chemist Warehouse, Coles, Woolies, different ranges. So check them out. Anything else? That's it for me. Cool. Masashi out. Masashi out. See you next time. Very nice.